Welcome to season three of CoinGeek Conversations. 2020 promises to be a big year for Bitcoin SV, and that's partly because of some changes to the underlying protocol that are going to be introduced in February with a hard fork called Genesis. And so I'm particularly pleased that my first guest in the new series is Daniel Connolly, who is the lead developer for Bitcoin SV at Enchain. So thank you very much for doing this, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be here. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Well, now, the hard fork is happening on a certain date in February, a certain hour, a certain date. What exactly happens then? Well, at that time, uh, the protocol rules will change. There will be a new upgraded protocol rules. And all of the software the up-to-date software will start to enforce some new rules. To, to prepare for that, um, any users of the software need to make sure that they are running um, the latest version, which is 1.0.0, because that version has this, this, this um, behavior um, programmed into it. And so we're talking here the, about the miners. Yes, primarily miners, but, but there are other people who use the software, and um, if anyone who's using the software will need to upgrade. Well, but when you say anyone, ordinary users of Bitcoin SV, if I've got my wallet and stuff, it's not going to affect me. No, you're right. Um, the, the normal users will, if, um, for the most part, not be affected at all. There are some very minor edge cases where users um, might be affected, but if you're using a a, an up-to-date wallet software, it should be, it will be fine. Because when you look at the sort of pie chart of, of, of who does the mining, it's actually a comparatively small number of groups who have to get on board with this, right? That's right, yes. There's uh, maybe 20 miners or something like that who are mining right now. They will all need to upgrade. Otherwise, they will, their software will um, not accept the new the new rules. And then what are the numbers for the listening nodes? Who well, are the, the level above that? Yeah, well we know there are um, we know there are around 400, just over 400 nodes operating on the main network. Um, the software is designed in such a way that we, we don't know which node does what or what, why they're there, right? What they're being used for at a business level. We don't know what they're being used for. Um, all of that software will need to upgrade, um, but the, when I say 400, it, it's normal. It would be normal for a miner, for example, to run several um, for um, high availability to make sure that their their business is not disrupted. Um, so the the exact businesses that are using it, we're we're not entirely sure. Right. So. There's been a lot of publicity about Genesis. It's been sort of much anticipated. Um, could anything go wrong? What would happen if people are not getting this message? Well, their node software will continue running, but at a certain point, it will stop following the blockchain. So there, there might be a, a transaction or a block that their node does not recognize as valid. Um, that might happen after the 4th of February. And then their node will stop following the chain and it will sort of enter a, a frozen or paused state. And but can they sort of get back on track? They can, they can. They just need to uh, install the latest version and then it will upgrade and it will catch up. 
I checked yesterday and of those 400 there were 100 nodes already that have updated. We expect more in the coming days. I've spoken to several of our um, of our partners, of people we, we talk with, and they're, they're busy upgrading right now. So but When you say you saw that there's 100 who've upgraded, is there a sort of like big kind of mission control system, system at Enchain where you can see exactly what's going on, or how does that work? Well, uh, I wouldn't call it control, because control <laughs> sort of implies that we have some sort of <laughs> mission influence on it. Um, we, we, have, uh, we have various tools that monitor the network, yes. And so there's, we have one that, um, that checks on the status of nodes, so that's why we know there are about 400 of them. But, but that's not a privileged position, then. Anyone could have access in that way if they yes. chose to set it up, I suppose. Could they? Yes, uh, and there are other groups who have done it too, um, who also have, have software running that does the same thing. Right. right? Um, so one of the things that the software does is that when... when when a remote piece of software contacts it, it tells them, it tells the remote piece of software what version it's running. Okay, and that's how we know um, that about about a quarter of the network has already upgraded. Right. Okay. So we talked about the low chance of any kind of terrible thing happening here. What, what about the positive side of this? What is really the point of this? What will we, what will people be able to do that they can't do now when after Genesis? So, some of the, the biggest change is actually philosophical, which won't directly impact people. But um, from, a, from, from a user's point of view, um, if you're using your wallet to send, to send um, coins from one place to another, you won't notice any immediate difference. What it does enable is it enables uh, much uh, more scaling, so um, more transactions, um, so y there's less likelihood of you being impacted in the future as the network gets more and more busy. And the other one is the, um, we call it the unleashing of Bitcoin script, which is very technical. Um, within Bitcoin, there's this language that you can use, um, that developers could use to write complex contracts or complex functionality within that runs on top of Bitcoin. Um, and this upgrade will enable that, right? It will remove all of the controls that have been put on that language and enable full development using that language. But then we need developers actually to start using it. Is this the MetaNet or...? Um, not exactly. The MetaNet could use parts of it, but it's not, not solely, solely related to the MetaNet. Um, it, it enables, like, like everything that some of the other blockchains can do, it, it enables that, right? So we could see complex uh, contracts, automatic contracts um, happening. Um, right, so, so there's startups like Tokenized Yes. who are wanting to get into that field, mm -hmm. this will make life easier for them then, I guess. Yes, it will enable them to give more, um, more capabilities to, to what they're doing. I haven't directly talked to Tokenized recently, um, so I'm not sure if they're immediately going to take advantage of, of these new capabilities in, in February, but um, I know they were looking at it and they were interested in in what they could, um, how they could extend their service. Now, with Bitcoin SV, we've, we've got it sort of uh, written into it that it's the Satoshi vision. In other words, an idea that it's going back to the white paper and the ideas in that. Are things like script uh, 
opportunities like you're talking about part of going back to the original or they sound very much like sort of moving forward rather than going back to how it used to be? Um, well, <laughs> technically it's going back to what it used to be. You see, at a certain point in time in the past, it, all these controls were put on script that, that really limited its capabilities. But the, the original vision of, of Bitcoin did, uh, did include the possibility for complex transaction types, which is what contracts are. Um, and there are quotes from Satoshi about that. Um, it's just that the, the simplest transaction type, which is the transfer of, of, of Bitcoin from, from one person to another or from, from one party to another party, is what has dominated over the last 10 years. But, um, but, the, but that, is, that is a really simple script that has like three or four operators in it. It is tiny. The actual capabilities of the, of the language are, are much greater than that. Right, so this goes back to the idea that I've heard quite often, that, that money is just the first application of Bitcoin. Yes, Would you exactly. Go yes, with I'd that? agree with that completely, yeah. And so now we're opening up the other possibilities. Yes, yes. So, um, um, yes, exactly. I mean, you, you, you can do complex contract types. You can, you can manipulate data um, using a, a kind of sort of almost a program that's running on Bitcoin, yeah. So is a money transaction essentially exactly the same as any other transaction that you might put on the blockchain. It just happens to have the subject of transferring X number of Satoshi from one person to another. Yes, exactly, yes, yeah, yeah. So another way of looking at it is you could think about the, the Bitcoin itself, so, so the, the BSV, the, the amounts of Bitcoins, as being a, a, a method to pay for the execution of the program instead of transferring using it as a way of transferring money from from one person to another you could use it as a method to to pay for the execution of that program on the bitcoin network i mean i'm beginning to think of um, the website skyscanners who were stuck with the name skyscanners even though they now offer hotels and all sorts of other services <laughs> do you think we might are sort of in a way lumbered with the word Bitcoin as, <laughs> as just one example of, of what we're interested in now. Maybe, but, but I think it's more that, that Bitcoin has been misunderstood as, as, as just about transferring you know, value from one place to another. It's, it's so much more than that. There's so much many more capabilities. And they always were in the language. They were just heavily in the protocol. They were just so heavily constrained that it wasn't practical to do anything with it. Right. And those are the constraints that we're removing with Genesis. You've been involved in this at a very, very deep level for, for a few years now. Yes. I mean, reading about it myself as somebody without a technical background, it, 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 it's very interesting because it seems to me, I, I, I may look at a block explorer, but everything else is just sort of theoretical to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're, and you're now involved in strategy here, as yes. well as actual technical development. Yes. D does it feel like a sort of incredibly complicated game that you're designing here, where you're trying to get different parties to do things? Um, it is really about building a, a, like a sandbox in which people can 
can experiment and can not just experiment but can actually build other systems that do something useful right so it's really building it's the underlying layer here that we're we're working but in your head there are, there's all this tremendous detail about if this happens then that could happen and then the other thing could happen and, and that, that's shared with a whole group of people that you work with and, and around the world it, it is a sort of strange kind of enclosed culture in that respect I suppose yes I suppose so it's 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 um it's very deeply technical and, and it's quite a small community who yeah. but is that you've worked in IT for for, for a long time before this, yes. is that just the nature of IT, or is, is there something very sort of peculiar and special about this particular work? Well, I think I think I don't think there's something peculiar and special. I think it's just that we're really at, in the details here, right? We're really at a low level. Like there, there is there is complications in the way that email is sent from one place to another, right? And the people who work in that field will 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 know all of those details and there's a lot of um, complexity there. But the, 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 the key bit then is to, the presenting it to the users is a very simple interface of, you know, open a message, type your message, click send. And all of the underlying stuff that happens in the background um, is, is known by the experts and worked on by the experts, but it's irrelevant to the people who are sending email. But it seems to me that in this case, there is a sort of huge range between the absolutely minute technical details that people are still working on and the huge big picture vision of what it may mean. At least with email, yeah. you weren't going to completely change the way the world pays for everything or w runs its economies. But the scope here is just fantastic. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah there's so, much, so many possibilities. Yeah, definitely. And are you... C completely confident that this is all going to happen. It's um, it's wise to be wary of being over optimistic, but in this case, I think we're, we're we, I think we've spent, worked on it for a long time now. It is building on the foundations that were put in place ten years ago, eleven years ago, and um, I'm confident that everything will go smoothly with Genesis. But it's going to require embracing a massively larger population of people to buy into the whole vision, uh, isn't it? Well, well, that's the next step, right? That's, 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 I mean, I'm concentrating mostly on the technical things right. here. Um, I think the real, and this is something uh, I've been, I have been thinking about, is that I'm, I'm working really in the details here at the, at the, at the low system. The, the real work of getting it out to people, of, of building applications that use it, that is, that is starting, but it's still to come, right? And that is, um, that's going to be fascinating to see what people, what developers start to, to, to invent. Because I saw one interview in which you said that you thought it was a pity that the Bitcoin world had not been ready to jump on the opportunities of contactless payments. Yes. Um, is, there, yeah. is there another opportunity that you can see coming along that we should make sure we don't miss? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> so the, the, the idea of you know, digital assets, you know, owning, owning something that's, that's, yeah. that's represented digitally and you, you can transfer that ownership between people. I think that's a big, big area of growth. Um, 
a lot of possibilities there. I see other people, um, other groups experimenting with this on other blockchains. And um, I really uh, hope that, that, that I know the capabilities of Bitcoin SV can, can handle that too. And I really hope that um, that further development happens in that area. But a, a lot of that is, 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 is not the strictly technical things that I'm doing, right? It's, it's the going out to businesses, it's the, it's the presenting them with solutions uh, that, they can, um, that they can use. You previously have worked for the UN. Yes. Does that show that you have a sort of ideological side to the work that you want to do? Are you, is Bitcoin SV a world improving project as far as you're concerned? Yes, I think it is, yeah. Um, so you're right, I, I, was, I worked at the UN because I wanted to contribute to the world and, and I know the UN has a lot of problems, but, um, but I think it is a good thing. Um, when I first, first looked at Bitcoin, I w it was primarily from the technology angle that I, that I was looking at it and it was fascinating. Um, to see what had been invented. But then when you take it a step further and you look at the, the improvements it can make um, for everybody, um, that, is, that is what fascinates me about it. But is that the old banking the unbanked and all that sort of stuff? Right? There, there is that. Um, I, I, think, I think that the banks themselves or other, other companies have made progress with that a lot. Mm. So, um, so I understand in Africa that they have M-Pesa and things like this, yes. so these, these payment technologies. But I think Bitcoin can do a much better job of it. But it's not just that. It's the, um, it's, it's the efficiencies for, for companies. Um, I think it can, it can eliminate or it can reduce costs substantially in, in many areas. The, the freedoms it can give people, and that's a bit of a tricky word, but, but the opportunities it can give people to, to, to control things from, from a phone, the new um, possibilities such as joint ownership and things like that of, of, of digital, implemented through digital assets, and the, the, the possibilities are enormous. I mean, I have a horrible sort of perhaps cynical fear here that when the, when the internet started, it was all going to be like everyone was going to have their own websites and, you know, it was sort of empowering for everybody. Yes. And then somehow that seems to have uh, got into bigger and bigger, more and more powerful companies. Yep. And the individual feels more powerless. I mean... Yeah, that's true. How do you think that will play out in this context? Um, I think that one of the things about Bitcoin is that it um, that it does give ownership of data and to to, yeah. to the individual, right? Um, and it, rem it it removes it or reduces it from 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 the corporate side. Um, you can share what what you want with the corporate uh, And that entities. is just something that is the nature of the system and can't yeah. be fiddled with by a powerful corporation. Yes, exactly, yes, yes, yeah. Somebody has, has also, I came across an article that said that, you know, that's all very well, but um, that means that the value in this system will be in the underlying blockchain, which is a good thing from the point of view of the individual, but it may mean that the incentive for startup companies to build apps uh, is not so great because the value will never be able to be 
uh, sort of realized by them in the same way that it has by the, the tech giants? Well, the, um, the possibilities for a startup to, 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 to grow and become as large as, and for the founders to become as wealthy as the Google founders, well... <laughs> do, you think, do, you think, do you think the system does allow that? As, as easily as it, does, as it did on the internet? I, I think it does, but not by taking people's data, right? Not by, not right. by yeah. Uh, what the other capabilities are, you know, what someone will come up with. Yes. I, I think it opens a whole field of, of exploration and invention for, for new applications and that, that empower people um, mm. um, rather, than, rather than take all of their information. I saw also that you said somewhere that you are hoping one day to get back into building apps yourself. Yeah, I'm not sure about that now. <laughs> uh, I, I keep changing my mind, to be honest. Uh, um, the, the infrastructure is so fascinating and, and there's some, some uh, uh, amazing projects in there. Um, yeah. Well, well, you work for Enchain, so we're sort of winding up here, but just to sort of finish off, what I'd really like to understand is where the work of Enchain finishes and the public work supporting the protocol starts, or are they just inextricably mixed at this stage? Or and how is that going to develop? Do you think? Well, the um, so the base protocol is supposed to be set in stone. It's supposed to be. Um, it is going to be um, unchangeable, right? But you're just but about to change it. Yes, after this, I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> after Genesis, it's, yeah. it, it won't right. change. Um, but there's a lot of other work to do on standardization. And I know that the Bitcoin Association is taking a role here in, in organizing. And also the standards have not been, the standards that we have right now have not all been developed by Enchain. Um, we've certainly um, um, been a part of them um, because we were asked. but. Um, but other developers have taken a, a leading role in, in, in developing these standards, for example, on how wallets can interoperate together. And these are standards that exist on top of the Bitcoin blockchain, so they exist for applications on top. Uh, the Bitcoin Association is, uh, is organizing uh, um, technical groups to, to discuss these standards and to, um, to formalize the standards. But again, standards, standards um, Standards are kind of optional, right? So, so, so you, you can you can op, you can start using a standard so that you can you can interoperate with everybody else who's using a standard, but you don't have to use it. If you want to use something else, you can, but then you lose that that right. integration option. Yeah, and that is very similar to the way that other sectors govern themselves, really, isn't it? Yes, yes. Like the World Wide Web Consortium and stuff. Well, yes. I, I guess in that case, they do make final decisions about domain names and so on that everyone has to stick to? Uh, yes, but in things like, in things like web protocols, they, they, they define like the basic web protocol. You don't actually have to use that, but it would be ridiculous if you didn't, right? Because no, 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 no browser would, would, would be able to show you a website. But but if there was a group of people involved in this industry who said, well, actually, we think the underlying protocol should be changed like this. Yeah. Would they be able to do that, and through what sort of mechanism? 
Um, I think that the, the starting point there would be the Bitcoin Association to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's certainly possible there could be events that happen in the far future that might need a change, such as um, advances in cryptography or something like that, that might cause, might require us to, to make changes. Um, we can't see any on the horizon um, for that yet. Um, but that it would require a collaboration between all of the miners um, to, to buy into it. Um, because they are the ones who enforce the rules. I mean, of part of Enchain's line on this is that miners are going to have to become more um, sort of political in the sense that they will have to decide the way they want things to go. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. And, yeah. and so they can differentiate the services they offer and differ, different prices and so on. Yeah. How, how is that going to work out, do you think? Uh, we're already seeing that happen slightly. So, so there, there was a, a minor uh, mempool, I think, who, um, who, who started accepting transactions that are of a particular type at a much lower rate than, mm-hmm. than, than other miners were, were um, accepting. And I think we'll continue to see that sort of development as miners identify an opportunity. And, and, um, and if they compete, do you see transaction fees coming down? Yes, yes, that's definitely um, something we want to see, or I'd love to see happen. We're going to certainly adjust the software to, to enable that more um, so that uh, we, they can put different pricing models in um, so that there are choices. The miner has choices about the prices they want to set, more choice than they currently have for, for different types of transactions and how much they want to charge for them and, and this kind of uh, opportunity. Do you think? If we were here this time next year, yeah. we will be in a very different place in terms of maybe even public awareness of Bitcoin SV. I think so. I think there's, there's going to be an awful lot happening this year, right? We're starting the year off beginning of February with a big change and then the further development the rest of the year. I think there's, there's a lot happening this year. It's going to be a, a pivotal, a very exciting year for us. We're looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you Thank very you. much. Well, thanks very much, Daniel. And if you want to find out more about Genesis, there's a lot of information at bitcoinsv.io. And for all things Bitcoin SV, don't miss the London CoinGeek conference, which is on February the 20th. And for information on that, check out coingeek.com. Thanks very much for tuning in today. And please join me for the next edition of CoinGeek Conversations next week. From me, Charles Miller, goodbye.